Well, good morning and welcome to New Hope Community Church. I get to be a part of your seventh anniversary. And when you think about the number seven, biblically, that's the year of completion. But it doesn't mean you're done, that you're finished. In fact, God is getting started on the great things he's about to do in this new season. So we want to say congratulations on this seventh anniversary. We also want to say thank you to your wonderful pastors, Pastor John, Pastor Renee. What an excellent job you've been doing. We at the district team or us, even in Foursquare, celebrate with you on this special occasion. We're so proud of you, your volunteers, your leadership. Just knowing that we have a church like yours inspires us all to continue to do what we do. Today, we're going to be looking at something very simple because Jesus is very simple. We're going to look at walking with Jesus. Like when you walk with someone, it, it, it challenges you in so many different ways. Like some of you are fast walkers. Like when you're walking, you just, you blitz. You walk through a, a mall or if you're, if you're in school, when you're walking, you walk super fast. Some of you walk not that very fast. In fact, your walk is a very light stroll and you just kind of cruise it. Now, I get it. Some of you, your stride is longer or wider than others. And some, you know, you, you, you walk, you know, everybody's stride is different. But if you're partnered with someone who is a fast walker and you're a slow walker, someone's going to suffer. Someone is either going to be impatient and try to speed up that person or the other one who's a slow walker is like, slow down. Like, slow down. So if you put those two together, you're going to have differences. It's like walking with a two-year-old. Our walk speed and how we walk physically doesn't just impact us unless we're alone by ourselves. It impacts everybody else. So when we're looking at our walk with Jesus and, and how we do things with him, it would be okay if it was just walking with Jesus. But we're also walking alongside of others. Especially if you're married, you have, or if you have children, you have family, you have friends, and people that you are in close proximity to, you have people within your close circle of friends, Walking with them is going to make a difference in how we walk with them. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them everything that I've commanded you, and then always remember that I'm with you even to the end of the age. So when Jesus gave us that command to go therefore and make disciples, when we celebrate a day like this, let's not forget that it comes back to making disciples you have done a phenomenal job in making disciples. And sure, people have come and gone within that seven-year time period, but it doesn't mean that they don't continue on. Walking with Jesus is a lifelong journey that also carries us into eternity. So we're going to look at a couple things today that will help us in the journey that we're on with walking with Jesus. So today, as we celebrate 
seven years, we get to be, be reminded that Jesus is the one that is going to be walking with us side by side, but he also said you're going to walk with others too. Love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. There's a relational value that Jesus, Jesus brings when it comes to our relationship with him. It's not just us and him, or he and I, or just Jesus and you. It's Jesus, you, and others. That's what discipleship looks like. And we can only disciple others if we're being discipled by Jesus. So let's be discipled by Jesus today. Let's walk with him today because everybody's journey is going to be different. And it's your journey. It's not someone else's journey. You're not taking on someone else's journey. You're walking your journey. You're running your race. So we get to be a part of something that God is doing in our life personally. It's not for everyone. It is personally for you, your story. Your story isn't everyone's story. God can use your story to touch everyone, but it's your story, and he's doing something significant in your life. We're not alone. He walks with us through a process to bring us to our fullest potential that he can see. So it starts with this. We're going to look at five things. It starts with this, our relationship with Jesus Christ. It will always start with Christ. Christ is first and foremost in our life. That's, that, that is the most important relationship because every relationship that we will ever have on this earth will come out of our relationship with Jesus Christ. If we want to be effective in our marriage, then Jesus needs to be at the center of it. And the closer you and your spouse get to Jesus, the closer you become. Sometimes we think, I, I just need to be close to my spouse or close to family, close to my friends. No, no, you, you, get, you go close to Christ, if you're both believers. If someone is not a believer, then yes, you and Jesus will go closer to them. And that's where reaching out to people, shining his light to people, loving people comes in. But it will always start off with Jesus Christ. There was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, Jesus, I did everything you said. I obeyed all the commandments. And he said, really? You did all that? Yeah, well, what, what else can I do? What else, what else can I do? What, what else should I do? And he was asking a very critical question, a very important question. Like, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And then Jesus says to him in Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Come follow me. So he said, if you want to be perfect, sell everything that you have, give to the poor. You're going to have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. So that word and is a connecting word. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, yeah, you can do all of that stuff. You, 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 if you want to be perfect, because if that's what you're, you're thinking the kingdom of heaven is like, to be perfect, sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you have treasure in heaven. In other words, Jesus gave him the one thing that he was unwilling to do. If he was wanting perfection. And connecting to, follow me. He said, yeah, you can take care of all of that. And if you think that's, a, that, that's what's going to bring you towards perfection, go ahead. Yeah, do that. 
the most challenging thing. Jesus knows the most challenging things we may not want to give up. And he says, that's what you got to give up and follow me. Knowing he's not going to give that up. So what do we learn with that? If we think by us doing things makes us righteous or reach or that we have reached perfection because of on our, on our own doing, we miss everything. What Jesus is saying is, I know you're unwilling to do that. And follow me. Even though you're not willing to do that. Because I can, I can take even your imperfections. And then we'll walk through together. Because it'll take Jesus and our relationship with him to be willing to give up the things that we're unwilling to do without him. We're going to need Jesus. It's, 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 it's kind of like, like for my wife Heidi. I'll ask her, like, okay, so Heidi, um, hey, do you want to have lunch with me? Let's go have lunch together today. And then she'll give me a list of things that she needs to do. Like, let's go lunch. Let's go lunch today. Well, I have to do this. I got I to um, pay the bills. I got to wash clothes. Uh, I need to run some errands. I need to do this and that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So can we go lunch? It's like, yeah, we can go lunch. Why don't you just say that? Like, yeah, you can take care of all of that. I can even help you with those things. All I ask for is, do you want to go to lunch? It's a simple yes or no. Now, I'll pause for you married couples to fight about who's right and wrong. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just let you kind of, <laughs> because we all find ourselves in those situations. And what Jesus was doing with him, he was saying, yeah, you, you can do those things, but I just want to be with you. So it will always start with Jesus Christ. But then it moves to community, not just with Jesus but with community. Even Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 tells us, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Listen, we do not mature. We do not grow. We, we, we don't even find encouragement and we don't learn. We don't change. We don't reach higher capacities in our life. We don't heal apart from one another, we don't develop skills apart from one another. We need each other. That's why we need community. That's why the book of Hebrews encourages us not to give up the habit of meeting together, but we encourage one another. James chapter 5, verse 16 tells us to confess your, your faults to one another. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's why we need one another. Sometimes we just got to talk things out. Have you ever had a, a difficult situation to deal with? And then you said, hey, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, I need to do this. I, I'm thinking of, I want to go to school because I still have credits. So I want to go back to school. I want to finish and get my degree so that I can continue on. I want to go into business, so I'm thinking of taking these classes, but I'm also working, so I have to figure out my schedule. I want to do night classes, but that's difficult too because, you know, my, my son gets out of school at this time, and I'm trying to figure this out. 
and we only have one car in the family, so I need to, you know what I need to do? You know what I should do? I should change my work schedule, see if the school schedule can, oh yeah, yeah, let's do, let's do that. Yeah, I'll do that. Hey, thank you. And you're done with the conversation. Like the other person didn't even say anything. But because you're, you were talking it out with someone and you could see their, maybe their, their head nod or like, eh, like you could see their response, it helped you to process something. That's what a community of believers will do. It's not about keeping an account like your rights and your wrongs. It's, it's really about your journey with Jesus Christ. That he'll bring people into our lives, sometimes in a season, sometimes for life. But he'll bring people in so that we can mature. It's like, like the... It's, it's like the components that are necessary for a plant to thrive. Soil, water, fertilizer, the sun, right? The photosynthesis that takes place. That's what the community of people are. They bring health and wholeness to our development with Jesus Christ. So that's our, that's our, that's our community of people around us. But the third thing is our character. A character now, more than ever, is very important and critical. And we see this happening all the time. We, we have a shortage of workers, right? Almost, there are a lot of places that are hiring people. But what we're finding is because employees are short or, or, or having uh, people and availabilities of people and workers, it's almost like we took a group of 10,000 potential people and then we could pull from 10,000 people like the best of the best and now we only have a group of 10 people. So out of the 10, you're going to choose the best person. So it's a smaller group of people. So what, what we're finding is lack of character is not an issue anymore. They just need workers. So character development, even in the workplace, is not as valued as before because the employee knows that at any time I can quit and you're going to be stuck. But God looks for people with character. And he, in fact, he wants to develop that in us. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 through 5, tells us that we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know, we know that they help us, they help us develop endurance. We all need endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. We all want hope, but we want to be confident in that hope. We don't want just, like, I, I wish that would go well. It's I hope. My hope is in God. There's a confident hope because it's wrapped up in our salvation. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And love never fails. But he takes us through that process, that character development. God is the very best when it comes to character development. He's the very best. So when we encounter trials, if you're with Christ first, right, the first C, Christ, when you're with him first, 
and you encounter trials and problems, knowing that it's going to produce something, character and development and endurance, it's not that you're thankful in that situation, but you're, you're thankful for what God is going to do through that situation. Give thanks in everything. Not necessarily for the things that are happening, but in it, you, you can find that God is developing something. Strength of character and this confident hope because he's building us up for greater things. It's not about the situation or about us personally. It is always about his kingdom as believers. And it always starts with Christ. And he builds us up with a community of people. He does that because he's developing our character because he's called us, which is the fourth C. He has called all of us. That's our calling. We all have a calling on our lives. You know, the, the story in the book of Matthew, chapter 22, we find that there's a, there's a wedding feast. And so the, the father of the son says, my son is getting married. Let's go invite people. He invites people. They don't show up. He's like, where are all the people that we invited? They didn't show up. You know what? Let's go find anyone, good and bad. doesn't matter. Let's bring them. My son is getting married. We're, we're going we're gonna to have a feast so they all come, all the people that were invited. And one of them does not have on wedding garments, not dressed for the wedding. So the father comes and he says, hey, well, you don't have wedding attire. How come you don't have wedding attire? He says, well, I don't, I just didn't, I don't have. So he says, take this guy, throw him out to a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus is giving this story. And then he says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 14, he says, for many are called, but few are chosen. See, this man who came to the wedding feast, he wasn't fully committed to the wedding. He just kind of like, okay, well, what's happening here? I, I'm just going to show up. He wasn't fully committed. So when Jesus says many are called, but few are chosen, many of us, we just show up. It's like, I, I came to church. I, I showed up. But I'm not fully committed to Jesus Christ. That makes all the difference. It's always Jesus. Many are called, but few are chosen. I liken that to a race Everybody's at the starting line, and there's a finish line. And when the gun goes off, everybody starts running. But here comes this dude. He's like, I'll, I'll run. Doesn't even go to the starting line. Just starts running in the race. Sees the finish line. He's like, I don't need to finish the race. I don't need to. I'll, I'll just, I'll be with everyone. I'll call my own shots. I'll do my own thing. At the end of it, those who finished, they get a T-shirt. Some of them will get a medal, maybe some pictures taken. Maybe you'll be on the front page. Maybe you take a, a selfie and, with your friends and you can post it because you finished the race. And out of that group come the scouts for a higher level as an athlete. They'll say, you know, I, you, you'll do well in this sport. You'll do well in this. And they choose from that. What Jesus is saying is many people are called. Many people in this world will see him, will know him, 
but very few are chosen because of their commitment to him. So my question for you is, where are you in your relationship with Jesus? What does that look like for you? Because many are called and few are chosen. I want to be a part of those who are chosen by Jesus to make a difference for eternity. I would pray and encourage you to be one of those people, that I want to be a part of the calling that God has for his kingdom with his believers, with the people who believe in him, with his children, that we can do something great in this world. And then the last one comes to our competence. Like competence is everything, right? We want to do well. We want to we do good. We want to be competent in our workplaces, at home, in the things that we do. If you're a gamer, you want to be competent in how effective you are. If you're good at math, you want to be competent when it comes to bookkeeping. If you're an artist, you want to you create things well. If you're a videographer, you want to take great videos. You want to edit well. If you're a photographer, you want to you just capture the greatest moments. Competence in our world is probably at the forefront. In your workplace, competence is what they're looking for. They, wa they want to see how good you are and they want you to produce something because there's the bottom line. Are you competent? Can you do the job? Can you just, just do your job and do it well? And if you can, then you, you, you can excel. And that's the way of the world. Competence is everything. But you notice in the kingdom of God, if we're looking at these five C's, competence is probably last. Because it's Jesus really working in and through us who's going to give us our abilities anyway. And yes, we can work on our people's skills. We can work on the skills necessary to do the job. But really, it's going to come down to our abilities that Christ gave to us, that we can hone those skills and he can teach us well. And when it comes to competency, know that he gives according to our ability. In fact, he even says in Matthew 25, verses 14 and 15, the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each, this is what he says, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Each according to their ability. We all have abilities. So on this seventh anniversary, what ability did Jesus give to you that he wants to use for him? Some will have one, some three, some five abilities. Everyone has at least one, though. So on this anniversary, let's be the people that say to God, I want to walk with, I want to walk with you. Jesus, I want to walk with you. I want to be here on this journey with you because I know that this journey with you will develop me. It's going to start with you, Jesus. You're going to surround me with a community of people to develop my character. This is who you made me to be because you have a, you have a calling on my life and you've given me certain abilities 
to make me competent in this world to accomplish everything for you. I want to pray that over you today if you would bow your heads with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us Jesus. Thank you for walking with us. And even though our pace may be fast or slow, what what is incredible about you, Jesus, is that you love us at the pace of grace. So I pray for all of us that we would start with our relationship with you. And on this seventh anniversary, we want to renew our relationship with you. For some of us, we've been walking with you for years, yet we've forgotten how important it is to acknowledge and be in your presence daily, hourly, minute by minute, moment by moment. So remind us every day that it starts with you. I pray for those who have never received you, that it will start with you. And if you're, if you're watching, you're listening, and you're saying, I, I have never given my heart to Jesus Christ, can you, can you lead me in this? I don't know what to do. I, I will definitely lead you in a prayer. And, and as I say this prayer and you repeat after me, you just include your heart. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me a hopeful future. I trust you. I believe in you. And I surrender my life to you in exchange for your life for me. In Jesus' name I pray. And if you said that prayer, first of all, congratulations. Secondly, let someone know. Let us know so that we can help you with your walk with Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for all of us that as we continue on with our day, as we celebrate not just this day, but even more the years to come, we're going to watch you do greater things in and through all of us as we make disciples of all nations. We're blessed because of you, Lord. Let us walk with you every single day of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Congratulations once again on this seventh anniversary.